You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you guys have been having a great week. I have been having a blast celebrating the fact that Vox and Hops has hit 200 episodes. What an epic episode that was that I dropped last Tuesday with Michael Stane of Dark Tranquility. If you have not checked that one out, it is an epic chat that I strongly, strongly suggest you go back and listen to. It's Friday, people. I can't wait for this weekend. I hope that you guys take the time to relax and, and just try to decompress and try to do something special for yourself and your loved ones. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. And I strongly suggest that you guys try to go do something beautiful, something positive, because that's what I'm going to be doing. On today's Vox and Hops episode, I am with Brad Paris, the bassist and vocalist of Nile. This is Vox and Hops episode number 201. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, I'm with Brad Paris, the bassist and vocalist of Nile. He also has a new project called Zyel. How are you doing, Brad? It's been quite a while. We haven't had the chance to hang out because of stupid COVID keeping us apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. I'm doing okay. You know, just hanging in there and trying to stay busy. Um, you know, not touring uh, sucks. <laughs> but uh, just staying busy writing music. Um, as often as possible, making money random ways, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, we got to hustle. We got to hustle. We Absolutely. Go those, those early days before we were out there touring and making some coin finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> with all that being said, how have you been coping with 2020? I know it hasn't been easy for everyone. No, it hasn't. Um, yeah, it's very stressful. Uh like I said, like I, th- I think it's good to um, try to stay busy, try to keep your mind occupied, and uh, not try to think that you know the fucking world's ending <laughs> because that's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> well, the media is to blame for that one. It's, it's so so negative all the time, and I'm just trying to spread right. positivity all the time via the podcast or anything that I'm doing. I try to just uh, make everyone feel a little bit of positivity and, and br- embrace that. So, so with that being said, uh, tell me one good thing that has come out of COVID for you. One good thing. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a that's a funny one. Um, <laughs> I'm um, I'm starting to take more lessons musically. Um, cool. So I'm gaining a broader knowledge of my instrument and what I do. So that's a good thing. I mean, on the road, you know, that's next to impossible to do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that is a good thing. Absolutely. And we always have good intentions when we go on a tour, right? Like, I, I pack too many books. And I'm going to read these books. I oh, God. I, yeah. I, <laughs> right. <laughs> when I started touring with Cryptopsy, I brought, I think I went on my first European tour, I brought, I think, three or four books, and I probably opened one of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did the twice. same thing. I did the same thing with <laughs> Niall. My first tour playing with him was South America, and I brought a book, and I started reading it on the plane. 
And that's as far as I got with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, those South American tours, like like all those intense Asian oh. tours, where where it's the the airplanes every night. Oh, you got to sleep as soon as you sit down. You have to if you can. It's it's, it's a right. difficult task, but you have to sleep. Oh when my you god! Can. Yeah, the people who don't know, it's you know, you wake up around seven a.m. For lobby call, then you get to the airport. Lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky, right? <laughs> get to the airport. You do two flights because all the flights are connecting down there. You show up at around I don't know five or six in the afternoon. Go to the go directly to the venue. Do sound check, and then maybe get to go back to the hotel for a couple hours. Play the show, go to bed, and do it all over again. <laughs> but it's amazing. At yeah, that's time, one way amazing. to put it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're lucky. We're lucky. It's amazing. It's amazing that we get to do that. The shows are always incredible in those situations. Oh, absolutely. It's hard, it's hard on the body and the mind after a while. Oh, my God, man. The um, the most difficult one that we did was, I think it was two years ago, and we uh, flew to Europe for two weeks and did a handful of festivals and then immediately flew to Mexico and did two shows in Mexico. And then flew to South America into two weeks in South America. (laughs) Brutal. You know, you you come home and your body's not right for an entire month or more, you know. I don't think I've told this on the podcast. It is is I when we did the last Asian tour with Cryptopsy, we had a day off in Japan and I woke up at five in the morning on the day off and just started frantically packing my bag and yelling at our tour manager that we had to go, we had to go. We're going to miss it. It's lobby call. But he was like, dude, dude, we have a day off. You can get it's okay. Right. And I, and I was so out of it. Not even, like, it had nothing to do with, with uh, alcohol at all. It was just... Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's like PTSD <laughs> to yeah, a small, yeah. very, very, very small extent. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get that. And plus, you know, in the extreme metal world, there's... Not really days off at all. No. You know, we'll do a six-week tour and have two or three days off if we're lucky. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are the same way, too. It's too expensive to take a day off. We have to keep playing in order to keep the everything rolling. And yeah, right. You can't just sit on a bus and <laughs> pay for that bus. And <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's move to uh, the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, when you're growing up in your parents' and guardians' house, yes. what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? You know, whenever I was really young, um, it was a lot of country. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So then when I was, I think, 11, my dad played me Rush. And it just opened something to me. I went, wow, that's that's it. Like, that's what I like. And then um, from there, it was, uh, I think the next band I fell in love with would have been Alice in Chains. Fuck yeah. Yeah, who I still love to this day, of course. Um, Extreme Metal didn't come until I was around 15 or 16. I heard, I think Pantera was first. (laughs) And then after Pantera was Lamb of God. And that's what really made me fall in love with it. Um, because the first time I heard like death metal, I hated it. <laughs> you know, I was 13 or something and, uh, absolutely hated it. It had to grow on me, but, uh, but it was all the, I guess you would say like usual bands that I fell in love with, like cannibal corpse and, you know, all the death and all those bands, but really, yeah. Being young, it was mostly like classic rock, you know, 
All the good stuff. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. All the classics, man. Yeah. yeah. Vox and Ops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. What beer do you have on your side there, Brad, you're going to share with me tonight? I have... This beer is called the Angry Tomato. Okay. Yeah, it's brewed locally where I live um, at a brewery called New Groove. Uh, really good friends of mine, Josh and Jonathan, run it. Oh, very and, cool. And this beer is also a collaboration beer of a sandwich shop <laughs> that Hence I live near, too. Yeah, Monster Subs, owned by really good friends of mine, the Gambinos. Um, so they brewed this beer. And it's, it is a tomato, jalapeno, and basil pale ale. Whoa. Right. That sounds interesting. It, it is. It's very interesting. It's, and, you know, I've had jalapeno beers. I've had some beers brewed with tomato, and it's too much. But this one's, like, perfect. <laughs> awesome. It's delicious. It's kind of like drinking spaghetti sauce. <laughs> <laughs> very I, I have to. Oh, next time I'm down there, I'm going to. It's a collab, so it'll be hard to find, but I'll, I'll have to go and talk to them about it because it sounds too interesting. <laughs> On my side, I'm going for the darkness since I'm speaking to a member of Nile. <laughs> this is a 11.9% wow. uh, Imperial Extra Bourbon Stout uh, aged in bourbon. It is uh, from a very, very cool brewery that's been doing cool stuff here in Montreal for the past two years, I want to say. Uh, Borregal Brasserie Distillerie. They come in these really awesome little Red Bull style yeah. cans. Cool. So it's not like a 750 stout that you're going to you know open and drink a whole thing and be destroyed afterwards <laughs> of course you can enjoy this by yourself which is a very cool format and i love them and they only only make dark beers they don't do anything uh anything clear anything no red ales no 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 pale ales that they did right. actually do a double dry hopped ipa but it was black and it wasn't a black ipa it was a double dry hopped IPA that was black. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 it was very interesting. So I'm going to crack this open. You crack that open. Sweet. And, uh, tell me about uh, your your craft beer journey. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? All these kind of recently in the past couple of years. Um, when I was growing up, you know, like most of the kids I grew up with, you know, like all went to like parties and, you know, started drinking around, I don't know, 15 or 16. I wasn't that kid, though. I didn't really start drinking until really until 21 i want to say and um so yeah so the craft beer thing came a couple of years ago like i said these guys at new groove um i've known them for a while and they've had the they've had their brewery for three years now so whenever they open you know they invited me to come out and try one of their beers and it kind of opened my eyes to wow there's a world beyond you know, like Miller Lights and <laughs> Heineken, the typical tour beers. <laughs> um, recently, I really love IPAs, like different types of IPAs, um, especially the ones brewed with citrus. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love those. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Um, let's see if Nile could ever make a craft beer. What style beer would it be, and what would you call it, Brad? Wow. Um, I feel like there's an obvious answer, because we've talked about this before. 
you can make a, 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 another black hazy called the Black Haze of Vengeance. <laughs> That's perfect. It would definitely be a dark beer for sure. I mean, it has to be. <laughs> exactly. Know, dark beer, pretty hoppy. <laughs> T- take me to your first shows, Brad. When, when, when you went to see your first concert, do you remember that concert? Of course. It was Rush. My dad took me. Really? Oh, yeah, That's so cool. man. Oh, my God. I swear to God, when they walked out on stage, I cried. <laughs> I was um, I was thirteen. Very cool. Yeah. Oh my God. And then after that, um, I grew up kind of sheltered. Uh, so after that, my next memory was in high school, being a senior and um, basically skipping school to go see Motorhead and Clutch. <laughs> Really? Yeah. yeah your parents was... Your parents didn't know? No. <laughs> if they listen to this, they'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> You've never told them? That's hilarious. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that was the first show I remember going to with friends. And it was, of course, it was amazing. We were front row and I still have, like, <laughs> you know, hearing loss in my ears because of that. <laughs> the loudest, loudest, loudest band in the world. Yeah. Were you already playing Absolutely. bass at this point? Yeah, um yeah or i was playing guitar in my f- in the first band i was in um which we were like a prog metal band we sounded like a heavier mastodon pretty cool yeah, yeah coming coming it. from the, the the rush influences oh yeah of course <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that shit yeah 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 um bass i didn't start really taking serious until uh until carl said hey would you like to audition for the band <laughs> Really? <laughs> right? I mean, I had played, I had dabbled in bass before, but never really took it that serious. Holy um, crap, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just uh, it, it shows to at what point uh, you as a human and as a person, as a good person to have around in a band if he's willing to take you, <laughs> if you're not even the, <laughs> fluent with the instrument. <laughs> right. Oh, man, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you, and you got the vocals to, to, to go with it, you know? Oh, God, that took forever. But, yeah, you know, oh, my God, that was a journey. I didn't start really feeling comfortable with my voice until maybe – Two years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. So how, how, what was the whole struggle leading up to that? Um, when I first started the vocal journey, um, I started with a copy of, uh, yeah, the Zen of Screaming, right, yeah. And um, it taught me, like, the breathing techniques and all, like, the right techniques to do it, but not the, like, here's how you project and... <laughs> You know, here's how you actually form your voice, which, mm-hmm. you know, of course you have to learn by yourself. Um, so, yeah. So uh, when I was first in the band, you know, Dallas was doing most of the vocals um, and I would do some backup vocals. So I didn't really set out to be the greatest singer ever. I just wanted to, like, be able to be good enough to compliment what he was doing and Carl was doing. And then... uh then whenever it came time for Carl to say, okay, well, you're going to be in the middle and be the front man now. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first tour I did uh, as being in the middle was overkill. And like, night after night, like, I just hated myself. <laughs> I mean, people, nobody said anything negative about what I was doing, but it was still like, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with what I'm doing. So, Every night's just nerve-wracking. Um, 
So yeah, so it took me quite a while to feel comfortable though with what I was doing. But you know, playing in front of a lot of people uh, and doing shows night after night—that's a hell of a way to, you know, get comfortable with it. You're being thrown straight to the wolves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, be, you better run. You better run fast if you want to survive. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I honestly have never heard a negative thing. It's, it's, you know, you stepped in and filled an iconic pair of boots there was a lot of uh, you know online back and forth bickering when 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 that all went down so so what was it like in being in the band nerve-wracking <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah man like like you said it was it's a big position to fill um yeah absolutely so uh yeah so when it first happened there was a lot of doubt you know a lot of can i do this um and then we got Brian in the band, and mm-hmm. of course, Brian. As soon as he, as soon as he auditioned, as soon as he came in, like he was just top notch already, you know, already a badass. Um, so yeah, when everything first went down, it was super stressful. <laughs> you know, just massive pressure right on you. Oh my god, yeah, and Brian too. Mm-hmm. You know, him having to play those guitar parts too man like mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> the fans know them and they have to be right <laughs> exactly <laughs> right <laughs> i'm sure it's the same thing with you singing the old cryptopsy material damn right damn right and, and i am also same thing i'm just now feeling comfortable with myself so what was the, i know what the defining moment for me feeling comfortable with myself i've said on the podcast a few times it was the maryland death fest none so vile in its entirety set that we did in 2017 i want to say so so what was your defining moment when you finally can accept your voice i think it was hellfest when we did hellfest for whatever reason that night when we got on stage like i had already mentally prepared myself to say okay don't don't be too hard on yourself like whatever you do it'll be fine but as soon as we started and the rest of the show, like, of course, those festivals normally have uh, good tech guys. So the mm-hmm. monitors sounded great. So I could hear myself really well. And I went, OK, I don't sound as bad as I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> and from then, you just enjoyed yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think and it's something I look back on now that because we can't play that I should have enjoyed myself more. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there is being perfect and being hard on yourself, but, but there's those moments. And, and it's something that I have over the few past few years, just trying to like take it in and appreciate so that I'll remember when I'm old, I thought, but now it's for right now, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> Uh, I get this itch scratched when I do these interviews. I'm always worried. Uh, did I do enough prep work? Um, is the guy going to connect or the person going to connect? Uh, I get that same vibe that I normally get before a gig. How are you scratching that itch? Like before a gig or? You know, you got to get that moment that right before you step on stage. It's this like adrenaline rush. Oh, the, yeah. The hair, the hair on your arm raising. How are you filling that yeah. void since you can't do that right now? You know, uh <laughs> It's it's hard to I, I I don't even know how to answer it because I don't I don't think I am hmm. you know except for maybe like writing a good riff and going okay that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> you know like you can't match that feeling of right before you walk out on stage like, there's nothing like it <laughs> it's 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 
you know, I miss it dearly. It's, it's, it's so nice to be home and be with my family and watch my kids grow and not miss anything, but it, it, sure. it was sort of, it was, there's, it's, we are very lucky to do what we do. Absolutely. And, uh, I agree. I can't wait to, to get back to it. Uh, with that being said, uh, some bands are out there right now touring and playing some gigs. I'm not going to name anyone because I don't want to throw anyone anywhere. Sure. What is your take <laughs> on bands that are touring throughout a pandemic? I think that it's hurting the industry <laughs> and it's going to set us back even further from being able to do what we do. So you guys in the Nile camp, you're, you're, you're in the pure, we're going to wait until it's safe to play. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's already tough enough for us to play, you know, because me, Carl and Brian, we all kind of live near each other, but then George lives in Greece, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's already pretty <laughs> tough to play gigs as it is. Um, yeah, yeah, you see, uh, you know, the numbers for COVID are not declining. In fact, it's the exact opposite. So, uh, you know, like you said, I don't want to throw anybody on their bus or say anything bad about it, but, um, yeah, I think that it's really stopping us from being able to do what we love to do. I'm looking forward to getting back there. Um, how about, I guess it's the same situation, you guys being so separated with, uh, with, you know, everyone being apart and being in Greece. Um, what about a, a Nile live stream gig? We've talked about it a couple of times. Um, cause he is set up, he's got his whole, like, uh, his, his online lesson plans, George already. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he does. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, we've talked about it a couple of times. I'm not sure if we'll do it or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, like I said, it's, it's not something that we've really talked about in depth. Uh, maybe it'll happen. Who knows? Have you guys been uh, being creative throughout the, the pandemic since you guys? Because you guys just dropped that record. Oh, yeah, right. Vile Nihilotic Rites uh, last year via Nuclear Blast. Yes. Um, <laughs> are you guys just normally a typical touring uh, album cycle would be a few years, but now with right. the pandemic, are you guys taking the time to write something now? We are, yeah. And everybody in the band has something else that they're doing, too, some pro side projects. Like, I have Zyle that I'm doing. Um, it's death metal with some symphonic elements. So Very it's cool. uh yeah yeah so it's it's different it's cool. Brian has um, imperishable, which is um, mainly him writing everything, but it's more black metal than anything. It's really killer. Um, George has it's called Royal Time Machine, and it's actually a jazz fusion band. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The man that can do it all. It's great. <laughs> um, and then Carl is also working on his. I want to say it's his third solo album. Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's uh, why I was saying, you know, we try to stay busy during all this. And that's what we're doing, just constantly writing. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. T take me back to your, your favorite tour. If you can go back in time and relive one tour because it was your favorite, yeah. what tour would it be? Summer Slaughter 2016. It that was, was so cool. Oh, what a man. It was uh, Cannibal Corpse, and we were direct support to them every night. Um, suffocation, Chrissian, Revocation, uh, Slaughter to Prevail, After the Burial. I think that was a full lineup, but man, it was... 
<laughs> that was a party tour for sure. <laughs> what a crazy line. When I saw it, I was like, why isn't Cryptopsy on this? It would have been just right. perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that is something that, that has been baffling to me that we haven't toured together in a long time. Cryptopsy and Niall have toured together in the past, but with the, the new right. eras of, of Niall and the new era of Cryptopsy, we haven't toured together. Why do you think that is? Why can't we make this work? I don't know, because we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like our management goes, hey, do you guys want to tour Cryptopsy? And we go, no, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice, though. I mean, I mean, fuck, every time that we cross paths, it's always a great time. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. We had we had a lot of fun. Where was it in uh, Brutal Assault, I believe, is when we first crossed paths. That's right. We, we yeah, outside. yeah. We, we had, we, we, of course, we're drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was, a, it was a, a great, we love Brutal Assault. Uh, what, what would be some oh, of your favorite? Oh, that was our favorite, yeah. Uh, me I and Brian it. talk about that all the time. Brutal Assault was our favorite, you know. Um, playing in the day and seeing everybody, watching everything. Um, man, me and him got to like stand side stage and watch Emperor, which just was you know, like life changing moment. Amazing, um, so good. Br- yeah, brutal assaults, great. Um, I really liked Hellfest a lot too. Hellfest Absolutely. was really professional. Uh, yeah, everybody was so cool there. Um, I think the first big one that I did was fucking, which is a hell of a yeah, which is a hell of a way to get into the you know festival world. Um, <laughs> You're starting at yeah, the top there, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually Vakin was Brian's very first show in Europe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, then, and the next one was like a, a an off day week show at some bar in Hanover or something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. But as far as festivals, like Brutal Assault and Hellfest have been my favorite by far. Absolutely. And you're 100% right about uh, Brutal Assault being amazing because uh, for everyone listening, um, it's really cool backstage because it is one shared you know, common backstage area, whereas other festivals, it has a bit more of segregation between the upper level artists and the cryptopsies and niles <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> yeah. so 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 salt, everyone's in the same common area and you can just hang out with the headliners the the guys that are going to finish the night and uh, it's held in this awesome old fort it's it's so cool yeah and, uh, it's always a blast we've had too many fun times there <laughs> yeah i've only got to do it once but yeah that was so fun if you could if you could just pick a tour package for nile just for pure pleasure who would be on that package oh wow that's a great question um cannibal corpse for sure uh you know it's nostalgic and who doesn't like cannibal corpse <laughs> you guys obviously um and uh, Suffocation, I've, I've got to tour with them twice, right? Yeah, twice. And both times were just great. Um, I'm sure you've toured with them before, too, right? We did South America with them, uh, but that's another band that has been many times that we've spoken about setting up a Suffo 
cryptopsy tour and sadly it's never come to fruition sure yeah but i'm all about it they're the best humans you can't go wrong with terrence hobbs oh yeah right <laughs> absolutely you can't not just love the guy <laughs> and uh eric Marotti, uh local canadian boy yeah just yeah. just a machine killing it on the drums yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it probably doesn't happen but, to you very often because you're very in control uh but it always happens every so often to someone what is your hangover cure brad oh man um gatorade a lot of gatorade uh, the occasional energy drink but if I have a really bad hangover, like what I do is I just lay in bed all day sipping water, <laughs> waiting to die. <laughs> you used to bartend, yeah. am I right? That is correct. Yeah, I did. So tell me about your time as a bartender and and how you helped people prevent their hangover. Yeah, oh my god, <laughs> I wouldn't say I helped prevent them at all. <laughs> Because um, well, what's that venue? You were actually bartending one night when Cryptopsy came through with Melbourne, yeah, actually. Yeah, right, right. It was Ground Zero in Spartanburg. And yeah. uh, I, I could have used some Gatorade the following <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. If I had friends that came through that venue, like, you know, the owner would always let me hook people up. <laughs> so <laughs> that night was crazy. The night Origin played, that was nuts <laughs> you know um yeah a lot of fun memories working at that place <laughs> super fun i always have fun coming through there and uh, it was a really a special night that night because we just we just had so much fun such a good time uh brad thank you so so much for taking some time sitting down with me uh talking about your life talking about metal and drinking some craft beer i really really appreciate it and i can't wait till we can actually hang out face to face again yeah absolutely man <laughs> cheers cheers brother Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat with Brad. We have so much fun when we hang out together out on the road. We always end up having a few craft beers together and a whole bunch of laughs, and this was no exception. I uh, am a huge fan of what Brad's been doing. I love his vocals in Nile. He is just killing it, and uh, I'm super, super stoked to hang out with Brad again. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should go and subscribe to it via the podcast platform of your choice, because I have over 200 episodes just like this one that you can go back and listen to and enjoy. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I will be back next week with two episodes, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? Good morning. 
I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.